Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and it's a pleasure to welcome you to this uh, latest and greatest podcast. And this one will be a talk I gave at uh, ISET on post-processing coronary CTAs. So the question I really asked was, what techniques should you use or do you use for doing a coronary CTA? Axial images, MPR, volume rendering, maximum intensity projection, a couple of the above or all of the above? And uh, that's a good question. I heard some excellent talks at my meeting this week with Stefan Ackenbach, who says that basically everything he does is axial. Occasionally he'll use some post-processing, but he lives in the axial world. And if you're really good, I guess that is indeed possible. But my feeling is, like many things we do in radiology, when you're looking at small vessels, such as this case, you know, where everything is under four or five millimeters, why don't you use all the techniques possible? So here's what I do. I use volume rendering. That gives me a great global visualization of the heart in 3D. It's what you can show the patient or the referring physician, or use very nicely for looking for the origin of the coronary arteries. It shows the true vessel relationships without projection bias. Uh, again, one would be very careful if you were using volume rendering trying to define stenosis because depending how you set the parameters, you could over or under call stenosis. But again, it's very critical. But it can be done. Here's an example very nicely showing you trifurcation. You can use the volume rendering with grayscale as in this example or color as in this example. You can use lighting models to adjust the visualization and optimize the visualization. You want to be careful, as I mentioned, here's a nice example of a normal LED. But if I change the rendering, look at that uh, lesion in the LED. Now that's not a lesion, you recognize that. But you can see that in the post-processing by using the wrong slab or rendering parameters, it is indeed possible to create an error. This also makes the point that I've often said that you need to do the rendering yourself. If someone gave you the images on the right, you might wonder indeed if there was a lesion present. Obviously, image on the left, there is no issue. Let's then move to the second area, maximum intensity projection. This works well, particularly when there's no calcium present. Uh, it's good at displaying long segments of vessel. Again, there's issues if there are calcification present. There's issues in editing the data set to remove overlying structures. And particularly in the face of calcification, you truly can overcall degree of stenosis. But in this case, with myocardial bridging, you can see it very nicely within the myocardium. So I do use a MIP, but I use it sparingly, and I never use it by itself. The third technique, multiplanar reconstruction, where you really use multiplanar is with the curved planar reconstruction. You typically take a vessel and really create it and place it as if it was a string. You could rotate the vessel along a center line, which is really good for looking at the presence of stenosis and quantifying it. And again, the computer now makes it a lot easier. So here would be a curved planar reconstruction, LAD. Very nicely visualized, you'd rotate the vessel. Now, you can look at axial images, as I mentioned, and you should look at axial images. The one limitation, I think, is more of a theoretical one, but it's beyond theoretical. It's real is that when you're looking at 300 or 350 slices, there's a lot of partial averaging, and you can make a mistake. So I think it's a good first start. You can get a good lay of the land, but I do like using the other rendering techniques. So I would start with the volume rendering, localize the patient's coronaries, in this case the LED, 
and left Maine and Cirque in a classic location. And then from there, I would go into the curved planar reconstructions. Again, um, we go back to the 3D renderings. We can show the right coronary. We can show it with volume rendering, with myocardial bridging, or show it with MIP. We can show it with curved planar reconstruction. So you can see the point I'm making. We can look at things in many planes and perspectives. And by doing that, I really will feel a whole lot more comfortable. You want to be certain with your diagnosis. If you say the study's negative, you have to be right 100% of the time. Multiple views will do this. Also, if you're saying the patient has a 70% stenosis, you want to make sure you're calling the right thing. So, for example, if I look at this case of myocardial bridging, here we're going from MIP to volume rendering, which nicely shows you the uh, three-dimensional display and shows you on the uh, surface images how we can show the uh, volume rendering, which shows the vessel within muscle, nicely shown, or using the curved planar reconstruction to show that as well. We comment about calcification being an issue. This case, you can see the calcification volume rendering, but you nicely also show the fact that there is a significant stenosis proximal to the calcification. We would confirm this, different rotations, the significant stenosis in cross-section is well seen. The ability to visualize in multiple planes and perspectives is critical. Now, most people have different ways of looking at stenosis. We're not worried about 23 versus 57. Some people will say under 50, 50 to 70, and over 70. I like to look at things and try to quantify them as best as I can. But again, key differentials are at 50% and 70% level. The systems that we work with are getting smarter. Here's a Siemens system, which allows you to pick a select point, points pre and post that lesion, and then quantify it. In this case, it was around 50-some plus percent. And these stenosis grading techniques are something I think you're going to see a lot of. I think it's a very simple thing to do. And I think as we get more quantitative, it will be important. Now, if I step back, I just talked about different rendering techniques. Volume rendering, MIP, curve planar reconstruction. So how do I use them? And how do I do things? One, I look at the study, I look at the axial images, determine how good the study is. What's the opacification? Is there motion? Do I have sharp detail? If I see a great study like this, I know life is going to be easy when I analyze it. If I see this, well, is this motion? If it was, you would see it on the sagittal view, which you don't see. So we recognize that's not really motion, but that's an ectopic beat. And now we can go in and remove that ectopic beat with ECG editing. And so we can really save the study. We also reconstruct at 10 sequences. And you need to really figure out what sequence is best. Image on your left is at 40%. Image on your right is at 70%. Look how nice the image on your right is. So again, you got to choose the best sequence. You then define where the coronary arteries are. We mentioned a few percent of patients will have variations in origin of coronary arteries. You need to look at that, whether it's an average location of the right or left. You should be able to see this with 100% accuracy. You have to do it. Then you do each vessel. And I don't care what sequence you do vessels. Some people start with left main, go to LAD circ, and then right coronary. I at times like to do the right coronary first. 
I can see which is the dominant vessel. Also, I get the right side out of the way and then concentrate on the left side of the heart. So again, this is really up to you. There's no right answer. And you can see, for example, in this case, looking for the uh, origin of the coronaries, you're going to see that the circumflex comes off the RCA, which is best seen in this view. You can see nicely on a 3D rendering. Again, we're simply just changing up a sonometer. But look how nicely you can see the individual data sets, even with MIP imaging. In terms of visualization, I showed you how we use things. Let's try again. Here's the axial images. Look good. I then go to the 3D map, volume rendering in grayscale, and volume rendering in color. We can look at things anteriorly or inferiorly or any plane that your heart desires. The thing you recognize is that we're interactive. We use the computer to pick this points on the right coronary and we do a curved planar reconstruction which really shows the things in excellent detail and so it's a comprehensive evaluation and so when I do a coronary study I use all the techniques for this comprehensive evaluation. The same techniques apply beyond the coronary arteries so with bypass graphs. Here's just a wonderful example of patients with a bypass to the right and left circulation you can see the origins of the bypass and their anastomosis. We're able to go from this volume rendering type view into more of a quantitative view using curved planar reconstruction. But you can see how nicely you can visualize this. And if a patient has a failed graft, here's a graft, a couple saphenous grafts. You see at least one of them. Things don't look so bad, but look at it on the 3D. You see where the other graft takes off beneath the one that's patent it's occluded you just see the origin look how much easier it is to see that or this example patient with a prior bypass now has a left hilomass this is a large coronary artery aneurysm of the bypass graft look at its extent going all the way across into the patient's right chest and you can see that when you look at this on a volume display it's very impressive it was initially thought to be a hilar tumor other applications, redo procedures. This patient has a dissection type A, had prior bypass. Where are the vessels? Can the surgeon do a medial stenotomy? And you can see the sternum here. You can see the right coronary is still present. But you can see that one of the grafts is right behind the sternum. If the surgeon would do what I did, which is cut open the sternum, they might injure that vessel. So the surgeon would need to use a different approach. And you can see that very nicely here and on these 3D renderings. I think what I've tried to show you is a way of doing things, a workflow. Use all of your tools. In two years, if you're much better, if tools improve, maybe you can go to one tool. But I think if you want to feel comfortable, and I think that's the thing that's holding many people back, that comfort level, you need to use all of the different techniques we have available. The performance of a successful cardiac CT requires attention to all exam components, including patient selection, preparation, data acquisition, and post-processing. It's really only by optimizing each step in the process will you really exceed in your program. I think cardiac CT is exciting. It's a true challenge for radiology, but something you should be doing in your practice. And with that, I'll stop and thank you for your attention.